Welcome back to Tooth and Claw. Sorry this one's a little bit late. Wes, as many of you have heard, was out in the middle of nowhere doing, I don't know, whatever he does with bears out in the wilderness up in Yellowstone. So he was a little bit late in getting back and we recorded um, a little bit less than 24 hours ago and we are kind of crunching to get this one out. But we don't apologize for this episode because I think, we think, well, I don't know. I don't want to put words in Wes and Jeff's mouth. I think this episode's really good. We're talking about a coyote attack, which many of you probably could infer are not very common. Uh, this is a tragic story, but also one worth hearing and learning a little bit more about from Wes. All right, that's uh, enough talking. Let's get to the episode. Well, we're here. We're here. We're Tooth and Claw podcast. We're here to stay. Hey, guys. Happy anniversary. <laughs> that's that's our intro? Yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, right. Yeah, almost exactly a year since we launched. I thought it's been over a year. No, it's been over a year since we started recording, but it's been a year since we launched. Almost exactly. Uh, what do you think our listeners are going to do to celebrate? I hopefully just stop listening to us. You know? That's what you hope. Yeah, I think I think we're done. Wow. We're done, right? <laughs> well after today we're all out of animals i think didn't we yeah this is our last animal that's ever attacked anyone uh and just for any new listeners you got jeff wes and mike here yeah tooth and claw you've had us all year and this is it well this not is if they're new the last episode yeah a little bit about us i'm a wildlife biologist i've mostly worked with bears for most of my career uh currently working in yellowstone with mostly grizzly bears uh yeah you guys want to introduce yourselves i thought i did already okay yeah she said your names all right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that works for me all right so when you say you work with bears i always picture you in kind of a mundane little office space with a bear sitting in the cubicle next to you like crunching numbers <laughs> and filling out tps yeah reports. With, a, <laughs> with a spreadsheet about do you think the bear's like honey. a boss or a co-worker probably a co-worker Probably an annoying okay. one that steals people's honey from their lunches in the office fridge. Wes has to do like all of its work so it doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> That's not. You want to hear I mean something really sad in my life? Yeah, that you got a hernia. Oh yeah, I do have a hernia. I'm getting surgery in a week, but okay. I'll be fine. Yeah, but no, not that. So four years ago, I started a fantasy football league with my roommates from college. And it's like a fun way for us all to keep in touch. But like gradually each year we lost members. So we started with 12 and then it went to 10. And then last year we only had eight, which is like pretty small for fantasy football. And then this year, two more people were like, oh yeah, we don't want to play. So then this was the year everyone was like, okay, we're done with the roommate fantasy football league. Uh-huh. And I still wanted to do it, so I just let the computer auto-draft all their players and <laughs> <laughs> chose all of mine. Oh, no. <laughs> so and I'm a... just playing, like, the robot versions of all of my, oh, fr- <laughs> my old really roommates. Sad. <laughs> we would have done it with you if we knew that was the case, or at least I would have. Mike probably wouldn't have. I asked yeah, both of you. You asked if we wanted to join your league. And when you said league, I guess that there was like a league. 
not just you. Well, there was like six of us that wanted to, but that wasn't really enough. When you say six of us, do you mean you and five robots? <laughs> well, now there's me and seven robots. Nice. And I lost last week. I was going to ask if you're winning, but... Oh, man. Yeah. yeah that's uh, pretty sad. I'm you sorry, win. Bye. You win the sad sweepstakes. Everyone yeah, send win. comforting messages to Jeff on Instagram. Yeah. It's rough. Everyone say something nice to Jeff. You can see it. We're looking at Jeff. He looks haggard right now. He does. Yeah, he looks bad. not looking I'm good. A mess. Yeah. yeah, I'm a mess. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh man, you, you're you losing really, it. You really threw me off with that. <laughs> <laughs> you're losing your marbles, dude. Speaking of marbles, you see Squid Game on Netflix? No, is that any good? Yeah, I liked it a lot. But the okay. marble episode will get you. I'll watch it. Sure. All right. I usually I like the same stuff as you. I'm gonna be honest. Since it's almost October, I'm already I've already launched myself into my horror movie phase, where oh. I only really watch horror movies for a month, mm-hmm. and that started a little early this year. It's weird. It's not like I even try and do it. It just naturally like I start just watching horror, and I don't really even realize it. And then all of a sudden, Once I'm it like, gets a little cold at night. Yeah. All of a sudden, I realize like I'm only watching horror stuff, and then like. <laughs> Through October, that's truly all I want to watch. Like, I don't care about anything else. You don't care about your girlfriend or, like, anything? No, dude, nothing. Whoa. Just horror movies. So are you watching good <laughs> ones or boring ones? Cause... Both. Okay. That's the one thing we aren't, like, in agreement on. Like, you just said we normally like the same stuff. We don't really... Yeah. I mean, some more movies. You get more but... scared by slashers, and I like more, like, monster movies and stuff. And, like, ghosts. Um, I like it all, though. I really do. I just love horror movies. Anyway, you know, we've been talking for a little while, and I forget yeah, why we we're here. We're talking. Uh, let's quickly, since we did introductions, let's quickly remind people what this podcast is all about. Here at Tooth and Claw, our main purpose is to teach people about animals. Uh, we want to tell these great stories about animal attacks. They're really interesting. I think people really gravitate toward them because they are so fascinating. But our goal is to not only tell those stories, but to also teach people how they can avoid getting in those kind of situations and what they should do if they are in a situation where they have an encounter with an animal that could potentially hurt them. Hey, so Wes, we're really here to will educate. You, will you shut up about that stuff and tell us yeah. about some coyotes? Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about coyotes. Thought he'd never uh, stop. Yeah, it's we've gone on way too long already. All right, so we're going to talk about coyotes, and we've been wanting to talk about coyotes for a bit. Jeff actually has a segment in our news episode. Uh, Jeff, what's that segment called? Oh, you mean the new one, Coyotes Be Wildin'? Yeah, Coyotes Be Wildin', uh, <laughs> which we're probably going to use that segment for Jeff to like update us on some of the Vancouver stuff. We're going to talk about the, the coyotes that have been attacking people in Stanley Park. I've got a little bit I can talk about with that, too. So if you guys are here to hear about the Stanley Park Coyotes, you're going to have to wait for our next episode. We're actually going to talk today about a coyote attack that happened in 2009. And I don't want to spoil it, but there's something that really sets this apart, and it's pretty tragic, actually. We'll get into it. We're talking about coyotes. I'm glad we we all say coyote. Instead of coyote. Yeah, I'm glad that we all three of us seem to agree on the pronunciation. Every once in a while, coyote slips in for me. I, every once in a while, you'll hear a coyote from me. Maybe not today, but it, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. But I'm glad too, Mike. Anytime we're all three on the same page. How do you pronounce a, a coyote howl? How do you, can you do that? Howl? Yeah. 
like how do I say how do you do it? Yeah, do it. Yeah, that's how I do it too. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we're all on the same page. Uh, they actually so something I learned about coyotes. They have one of the widest range of vocalizations of any mammal. So they they do like the yips and the howls and barks and all sorts of crazy noises. And you hear them. Me and Jeff, when we worked in Bryce, we'd hear them all the time. Uh, they have some really cool noises. So that's yeah, just one of pretty the, smart little guys, aren't they? One of many. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into our story. Let's talk a little bit about coyotes. We're going to talk about an attack that happened in 2009. And I do, you know, sometimes we shy away from the word attack a little bit. I think for this story, it's pretty appropriate. I do think this was a a true coyote attack. Coyotes don't really attack people, though. But that's what I'm saying is that in this case, (laughs) I think we can say that they did attack this person. Well, let's Um, see. So, uh, yeah, we I guess you guys can be the judge of that. (laughs) All right. So in October of 2009, Taylor Mitchell was a bit of a Canadian country music star on the rise. So she had independently produced and released an album, and that album featured guest performances from a number of different famous Canadian country singers. She had played in the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which I guess is like a pretty big Canadian country and folk music festival. So she's like this star on the rise. I couldn't find a ton about her like personal life and her family, but everything I read seems like this girl was really sweet and nice and a really great person. So... Taylor had put a lot of work into making her dream come true, uh, playing country music and folk music and all this stuff. She'd studied music in school. She'd been playing and writing music pretty much her whole life. And her hard work is starting to pay some dividends in the fall of 2009. She's able to schedule her first tour. And in that tour, she was going to be playing mostly these Atlantic parts of Canada. So she's going to go to like uh, Nova Scotia and uh, kind of throughout... Atlantic Canada. They, I think they call another. it like. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Thanks for calling me on that. Uh, anyway, uh, this was a big tour for her. Like, if everything went to plan on this tour, it was going to really hopefully launch her into the next stage of her career. So she's really just kind of starting to build this music career. She'd been featured in a few different magazines. Oh. I think it was kind of at that point, you know, where it's like make or break for her. So her tour began in late October, and she played a show just outside of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Unfortunately, this show on October 25th would be the last show that Taylor Mitchell would ever play. Taylor's next show was scheduled in the smaller town of Sydney, which is on Cape Breton Island. So Cape Breton Island makes up part of Nova Scotia. It's an island that has like, like when you picture northern Scotland, with all the coastline and everything and like the low shrub and like really beautiful fall colors and whatnot. That's kind of what Cape Breton looks like. And then it has like really beautiful wooded areas that get amazing fall foliage. It's really beautiful, actually. I, ha- I didn't know much about Cape Breton. And after I read this story, I looked it up and it made me want to visit. Like it looks like a really cool place. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, like beautiful coastline, really vibrant local culture, just a cool place. So Taylor did consider herself somewhat of an environmentalist, and when she had chances, she would go out and explore like national parks and wilderness. Whether she was at home in Toronto or traveling, she did her best to get outdoors. And before this show in Cape Breton, she had a few extra days. 
So on October 27, 2009, she decided that she was going to go hike around the Cape Breton Highlands National Park. It's a 367 square mile park and it's home to large areas of wilderness and then there is some wildlife there too, including coyotes. So but she doesn't need to worry about coyotes. That's what you typically think. That's probably what we think every time we go out. And we are going to, let's talk a little bit about coyotes just to like kind of get an idea of if you should have to worry about coyotes or not. Adult coyotes weigh about 20 to 40 pounds on average. They're kind of just like the size of a medium sized dog. So I think a good, a good comparison would be like tire on a bus. Let's, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot less than that. Actually, I think a tire on a bus probably weighs like 60 pounds. Anyway, they're probably like the size of like a Australian shepherd or Mm. like a mid-sized dog. So their size can really differ on where they live and the subspecies. There's actually 19 recognized subspecies of coyotes. Uh, The largest coyote on record was killed in Wyoming. It weighed about 75 pounds. It was almost five feet long. So even like a big coyote, the biggest ever, isn't that big. That's like a really like young wolf, right? Exactly. That'd be like a smaller wolf. Females are typically a bit smaller than males. Do you guys remember what that's called? When when there's like a difference between the two sexes in size? No. Sexual dimorphism. So Isn't that most can, animals? It can go either way. Yeah, there are some animals where they're pretty much the same size. But like humans, for example, are sexually dimorphic. Generally, males are a bit bigger than females. Uh, spiders are really sexually dimorphic. Like the females are much bigger than the males. So yeah. there's all these different... Okay, anyway. Typically, coyotes have grayish brownish or reddish coats they are kind of on the bottom of the ladder for larger north american predators so they could be prey for wolves bears cougars even eagles will sometimes kill coyotes and Uh, alligators will sometimes kill coyotes yeah so as far as like the larger predators in north america they're kind of like the lowest i feel like they don't even quite fit the category of a large predator yeah they're they're probably like there's this group of predators called mesocarnivores, and they're yeah. probably they're like, like more a in that area and stuff like that. Yeah, like wolverines, badgers, foxes, coyotes, yeah. all those animals. I'm not they're sure. They're doing good in that group. Yeah, if they're technically mesocarnivores, then they're doing great. They're at the yeah. top of that group. Yeah. Although a wolverine would probably would probably take a coyote. Okay, so they do sometimes. A cute fact about coyotes. They sometimes socialize with badgers and they'll like hunt together. Oh, I think cool. you guys have probably seen there was a viral video of a badger and a coyote walking through a culvert together and they're like playing with each other. Yeah. They kind of like form, this is a bit anthropomorphic, but they kind of form like friendships almost. Uh, I like that. Um, uh, yeah. Disney needs right. to make that a movie. A coyote badger movie. Yeah. I know. It could really, that would be a cute movie. So they have a huge range. They range all the way from eastern Alaska over to eastern Canada and then down all the way to Panama. So pretty much all of North and Central America. They don't have is them in South range. America? No. They, hmm. they end in Panama. I was going to ask when you mentioned that sometimes even alligators get them. I just, I don't think of coyotes as being in that same area at all. But yeah, yeah that's really cool. They are for sure. So. It's really interesting kind of learning a bit about how they spread. If you guys ever get the chance, there's this book called Coyote America. It's by this guy, Dan Flores. I just heard about about, that book. 
it's so good. It's a yeah. great book, and he talks about their like expansion and all these things we tried to do to get rid of them, and how like adaptable and great they are. And it's yeah, really like it, super resilient, right? Yeah, it makes you just love coyotes. And so, like, basically, though, the main idea is that really coyotes used to just live in like the prairies and the desert southwest. But because these predator control programs in like the 1800s and 1900s, they wiped out so many bears and wolves and cougars and everything that coyotes, like suddenly all these predators that were keeping their numbers down were gone. And so coyotes just expanded. Uh. And then we also cut down a lot of forest and forest isn't actually like their preferred habitat. It's more like prairie and farmland and stuff. So we created a lot of habitat for coyotes. Mm. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, so we actually like they're one animal where we've actually like really helped kind of increase their ability to survive. Good for and us. yeah, <laughs> finally, <laughs> yeah, we killed all those other predators and cut down all the forests. <laughs> they're extremely adaptable, and a really interesting fact is that every major city in the U.S. has coyotes. Oh yeah, um, that is like interesting. in the city, living like in urban areas. Wow, um, like you can find them in Central Park. You can find them in like downtown Chicago. It's pretty crazy where coyotes pop up. And they're only in North America? Did you North say that? and Central yeah. America. They're not yeah. in like Europe or anything? Nope. Hopefully yeah. they know to stay out of the bad parts of town. Yeah, they probably. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, probably where in like Chicago. They thrive on like rodents and stray cats and all these things that are really common in cities. So that's why they do tend to do pretty well in cities. And it probably um, kind of helps the city then. Yeah, they they are good for pest control. Yeah, feral cats down, and they get they probably get away with it pretty easily since a lot of people when they see a coyote just roaming the street probably just mistake it for a dog. Yeah, they exactly, and like they are just so resilient and they're so good at surviving and breeding and having lots of pups and stuff that they just manage to thrive pretty much everywhere they show up. Um, They seem kind of arrogant. The way they walk. Really, you think so? I don't think so. They're just like always on their tiptoes almost. They're little. So they do actually walk on their toes, um, which is like a a, a neat fact about them. Is that arrogant? I don't think so. I I think think it kind of. I like it. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad arrogant. I think it's just like they always seem like. Or maybe they always just seem like they're sneaking. Yeah. Yeah. I think they seem like. bouncy and sneaky to me but not so much arrogant. <laughs> yeah when i see a human tiptoeing i'm not like oh look at that guy thinks he's, he's the coolest oh, I do. Uh, another thing that's given them the ability to be so uh resilient and like to thrive in you know the face of human expansion is that they really eat everything anything like as big as deer and elk to like birds frogs snakes they can't berries. hunt elk carcasses a, a pack of coyotes could technically take down an elk yeah hmm. rodents and small mammals do tend to make up the bulk of their diet especially for like wild coyotes that are living in rural places but they do really do good at kind of on the fringes of society and eating like we mentioned like rats and and feral cats and anthropogenic food so human food they do sometimes hunt in packs uh they have like family group or family structures, they're not quite as like of a pack animal as wolves are, but they do tend to travel in packs. They can also be solitary. They mate for life, so they're monogamous. And quick pop quiz for you guys. Who's faster, a roadrunner or a coyote? Oh, this coyote. sounds like a trick. Yeah, coyote. 
it is the coyote. Roadrunners run at about 15 miles per hour. Coyotes can get up to 40 miles per hour. So they're significantly Whoa. faster than Roadrunners. So we've been lied to our whole entire lives. So he didn't have to paint the like murals on the walls no, of like that, a road or s- something. He could have run that run that Roadrunner down in like a light jock. <laughs> All right, so they are really prominent in Native American folklore. Um, they're often depicted as like a trickster, like a really intelligent trickster. Um, that's a common theme throughout a lot of different tribes in their folklore. Kind of um, arrogant. <laughs> I don't think there's so much depicted as arrogant, but maybe. Uh, one thing that you guys might hear sometimes about coyotes is this. Have you ever heard of a koi wolf? No. Sometimes, like, it's come up a lot more recently. It's kind of almost become a fad almost for, I think, for people to say something's a koi wolf when they see, like, a big coyote. But essentially, that's a hybrid between a wolf and a coyote. And apparently, they they can be somewhat common in the East where coyotes used to mix with wolves. They don't really have many wolves out there anymore, um, and that doesn't really happen anymore. So it'd be like back in history they did that. And because of that, eastern coyotes do tend to be a little bit bigger. But koi wolves aren't actually a recognized subspecies of coyotes. And they're also not found east of Ohio. I have a question. So you said that they're monogamous. Did I say that right? Uh, So do animals like cheat on their spouses ever if they're monogamous? It's a good question. Uh, Maybe, probably. But I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Um, We should get like Chris Hansen on that, like a Dateline special (laughs) for coyotes cheating. I think it'd be more of like they're just like polyamorous than I don't think we can call that cheating. (laughs) I don't think there's like a bond and a commitment between the two. But maybe, who knows? Who knows what's going on with animals? I I don't. (laughs) It's still cheating. It's just they don't feel bad about it well okay we don't need to get into this (laughs) (laughs) all right so a little bit about coyote attacks they are somewhat common especially in urban areas like los angeles county but attacks are generally just like a bite and they're often the result of a coyote being food conditioned Mm -hmm. so really quickly like Food condition is when you're feeding an animal food that it's not necessarily supposed to have, or even if you're feeding it natural food, but it starts to associate humans with getting a reward and they become conditioned to that relationship of like, hey, if I approach this thing, I'm going to get food from it. A habituated animal is just one that's like used to human presence. A food condition one is one that's actually like getting a reward. So that's like the worst case scenario for almost every animal is when they become food conditioned. I can think of worse conditions than that. Yeah, yeah. Like getting it's caught like in the, like a tornado or something would be worse. Yeah, I'm saying for wild animals, it's a bad it's a bad thing for them to become food it's conditioned. It's like the cassowary guy that kept feeding that one apples. Yeah. <laughs> the dude that just had like 20 <laughs> apples in his pockets. Uh, <laughs> All right, I know I'm telling you guys lots about coyotes, but they really are so fascinating to me. So I just got a tiny bit more. So generally, like, when people just get bit, it's because it's a coyote that's, like, so used to running up to someone and being like, oh, this thing gives me food. And then it either gets frustrated because it's not getting food, so it bites them, or it's just kind of confused that whole relationship and ends up biting the person. I mean, it sounds like we've done enough for them. They shouldn't expect much more. (laughs) We've like they're, killed all their predators and we're giving them food and then well, they get mad. T- 
We're going to talk about some of the bad stuff we've done to coyotes. There was a house cat that attacked me once. I was just on a walk and Uh it ran from the porch to my feet and just started doing like the little figure eight thing they do between your legs and rubbing its head on me. And I let it do it for like 30 seconds. And then I started to walk again and it bit me on like my heel. And it's just like... So it's mad at me because, like, I wasn't going to stand there anymore. How do you, Jeff? And I just feel like that's the coyotes. Even if you feed them, maybe they'd get mad at you for, like, not having more or something. You you really should have saved that story. We should have covered that (laughs) on the podcast next week. Its own episode. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who knows if that's their mindset. But I'm just saying food like, conditionings. animals get mad for no reason. So they can be real friendly and switch to really mad. F- yeah. Fast. Fr- I think I think like frustrated is a better word. They get they're upset that they're not getting the reward that they're expecting. And so they like turn to aggression and frustration. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's kind of like how you get hangry sometimes, Jeff, because you sure do. Yeah, that builds up. All right. So but every once in a while, there are actual what seem to be predatory attacks by coyotes on humans. And it's almost always a kid and the mm-hmm. coyotes attacking like a, and they're usually like really small kids, like two, three year old kids that are getting attacked by coyotes. Sometimes they do attack pets too. And it's really, really, really rare that a predatory attack on an adult happens. But unfortunately that is what happened to Taylor Mitchell in 2009. So we're going to get back to our story. Taylor had decided to hike what's known as the Skyline Trail. It's a roughly 4.5 mile trail that overlooks the coast and this whole like rugged Cape Breton shore that everyone goes to Cape Breton to see. So at the trailhead, she actually passes an American couple who's getting ready to hike and she quickly says hi to them and sets out on the trail. The American couple sets out on this trail not long after and as they're walking, they quickly encounter a pair of coyotes. And they're pretty shocked to see how calm and bold these coyotes seem to be. The coyotes don't mind at all that this couple's there. They pass right by them. I guess the man managed to take a couple photos of the coyotes. And they just really didn't care at all that these people were there. And they also noted that the male in this pair of coyotes seemed to be like pretty large for a coyote. They hardly noticed this American couple and they just headed down the trail. Roughly about six minutes into the hike for this American couple, they heard what they thought was a woman screaming really high pitched down the trail. So they actually head back to the trailhead parking lot and there's a telephone box there and they call for help. They say You that said heard coyotes screen. have really big Crazy vocal vocalizations. Ranges, yeah. So it could be a coyote. So pretending in the yeah. in the story, yeah. like in the narrative of the story. They actually didn't know if they were hearing animal sounds or screaming, but okay. it actually, it did end up being screaming. So they also, when they went back to call for help, they encountered a European and an Australian hiker, and those two actually set out to investigate the source of the screams. So those two are heading up the trail, and as they head up the trail, they start to find belongings of Taylor scattered around in the trail. They find a knife, they find some keys... And then a bit further down the trail, they find bathrooms there, and it has like a big blood smear across the face of the door. Yeah, so then they look down and they see a lot more blood on the ground and some tattered clothing. 
And they like realize like, okay, something's obviously gone really wrong here. So looking around and they, they notice some commotion in the nearby woods and they go to investigate. And there they find a, a really badly injured Taylor and she has bites all over her body. And the two coyotes are still attacking her at this oh, point. Oh, man. So later, they some investigators went back and they kind of pieced out what probably happened to Taylor. And what they think happened is that she was like on the on the trail and she decided to like maybe double back and go back to the, the parking lot rather than doing the full length of the trail. And she confronted these two coyotes that the American couple had seen. And the drop knife and keys and everything on the ground were probably an indication that she had actually been trying to defend herself and fight off the animals. And then she ran toward the safety of this bathroom. But as she got to the bathroom, the coyotes attacked her and drug her away from the bathroom. And that's why there was the blood dragged all over the door and stuff. So she was like probably just about able to get to safety, but they grabbed her and pulled her out. So pretty tragic. Uh, And that, of course, is just that's what investigators piece together. Who knows what actually happened? No one was there to see it. But that's what they think happened. So these guys, they throw some rocks at the coyote. They manage to scare the coyotes off of Mitchell. And she's actually still conscious enough to be able to talk to them for a second. And as they're talking to her, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer shows up. And the male coyote is like still hanging out and trying to get back in and attack Taylor. So this guy shoots his shotgun at it. He's not sure if he hits it or not, but the coyote yelps and runs off. So he's pretty sure he did. Taylor's taken to a nearby clinic, and then she's flown to a much larger hospital in Halifax, where doctors like are scrambling to save her life. But because she had lost so much blood at this point, she actually ends up succumbing to her injuries the next morning and Uh. she dies. Yeah. So really tragic. And then she has this really kind of unfortunate distinction of being the only adult on the record to have ever been killed by coyotes. So she's the only anywhere, anywhere in the world, anywhere. Wow, anywhere. Well, they're only in North America. Yeah, is that in the world, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) So there was, there was a kid killed by coyotes. I think I'm not totally sure when that was, but um, she's the only adult that's ever been killed. She was 19 years old, so she does qualify. Um, uh, I told mom we were going to talk about coyotes. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, someone someone died waiting for the bus when I was growing up in L.A., but Wes doesn't believe me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Not if it was an adult, especially. <laughs> Unless it was no, a kid. No, she said it was a kid. Oh, well, that could be true then. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I, I was gonna look it up, but I forgot. That could be the other. There's so there's one other attack that's like verified. Someone was killed by a coyote, and that very well could be that because I know it was in Southern California and it was in the 80s. It was a three year old girl, so it could be. I mean, that well, could she wouldn't be, be waiting for, sure. for a bus. Uh, it was a different time back then. My mom <laughs> might just be like a little bit confused about. Yeah, that. I. She didn't seem very confident. So. Okay. All right. Anyway, after this coyotes or after these coyotes killed uh, Taylor, they decided, you know, the authorities obviously knew that they had to respond to the attack. So they went back to the scene of the attack. They found a female coyote that was there, you know, where Taylor had been killed. They immediately shot and killed that coyote. And then they put out some leg traps and they caught four other coyotes, which they also killed that were all within a a kilometer of, of where she was attacked. 
And then a few days later, they saw a large male coyote. They caught him and they found some shotgun pellets in him. So that was another coyote that they ended up killing. So after they had killed all these coyotes, they did examinations on them. And they found that it was likely that there was actually four coyotes involved in this attack on Taylor, oh, not wow. just the two that the Americans had seen. So she might have had coyotes like come in on both sides and kind of pin her in and attack her. Yeah, that would be scary. I, like, yeah. Two coyotes, I feel like I'd still feel like pretty safe. But once you get to like, if you're like pretty close to like three of them, you're like, I, I wonder if they're yeah. getting any ideas yet. It's kind of like that question, how many like five-year-olds do you think you could fight? Yeah. And for me, I think it's like, if they're coming one at a time, it's pretty endless. Like, I think I could just fight them off until I'm, I could probably just kill like a hundred five-year-olds until I'm too exhausted <laughs> to kill anymore. But like... If they're all attacking me at the same time, it's probably only going to take like 15 of them. Wow, we'll test yeah. that later. Yeah. Anyway. Five-year-olds should... are like right in the ball range too, you know? <laughs> yeah, they can ball sell. range? Are we talking yeah, about just you like kicking them they're... in the balls? No, if they're <laughs> like <laughs> punching at you, like their height, they're going to get you right in the balls. Right. All right. Okay. I was just confused okay. at what a ball range was, but yeah. I think yeah. you painted a good picture. Yeah, ball zone. Now we have it on record of Jeff saying five-year-olds are right in the ball range. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so there are, again, on a more serious note, this is a really tragic story. It's really awful, you know, way to die. And this was like someone's family member and all the, you know, all the, you just don't expect to be attacked and killed by coyotes. That's just not a, something that anyone would ever expect. And so there are a lot of different theories about why this could have happened to Taylor. The most likely is this this was a group of coyotes that for whatever reason probably wasn't having an easy time finding like their typical food sources. And Taylor was pretty small. She was petite. From what I read, she was like only about five feet tall, somewhere around 100 pounds. So she kind of is in their range of animals that they knew, the group of coyotes knew they could take down. So... It is like almost unheard of that, that there's these stories of coyotes hunting humans. So we don't really know. We'll probably never know the circumstances that led to this and why this group of coyotes decided to attack an adult human being. But it could be a lot of things. It could be their food conditioned. It could be that they just decided, hey, this is something we can kill and we're going to do it. One thing I did want to bring up is, um, and this isn't like pointing fingers or anything, but if you're ever in an area where you suspect someone might be being attacked by coyotes, go and intervene. Yeah. The, the American couple that turned around to go call the police. Like could have maybe saved her. I don't blame them for doing that, but they would have for sure saved her. There's no doubt in my mind that had they ran to where they heard those screams, they would have pushed the coyotes off of her and she probably wouldn't have died. The um, thing, the hard part is just knowing... I wouldn't ever think it was coyotes. I'd be like, no, but oh, shoot, like Mike Myers just got that girl ahead yeah. of me on the trail or something, you know? Right. I think they kind of suspected coyotes, though, because they had just seen just those seen coyotes the run in her direction. Yeah. So yeah. I think, and again, like, I, I don't want to point fingers and I don't want to say, like, this is, because it's such a tragic thing, like someone died, but... I, I'm just saying, if you do ever find yourself in that situation and you suspect it's coyotes, 
you definitely should try and intervene. I don't think it could have been Mike Myers. He would have needed a passport to get into Canada, and he would never take that mask off for a picture. If we're talking about Mike Myers from Austin Powers, he's Canadian, so he can go. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're going to get a bit more into what you're actually supposed to do when you're confronted by a coyote later, but I, I will just say that as a last note, like, do intervene if you ever see that happening because coyotes don't like groups of people and they will almost invariably, like they're going to stop their attack if you intervene. Okay. Yeah. So that's the story. It's a really tragic one. I really debated between just telling a bunch of the Stanley Park attacks or telling this story, but I do think it's this story stands out because it's the only adult ever killed by coyotes. Yeah. And I think that bodes well for people's perception of coyotes that like they're not ruthless. They're not terrible killing machines. You know, they hardly they've only killed one person ever that we know of. So that's a pretty good record for them, considering they're like essentially a small wolf. Okay. Let's go into our categories. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You guys ready. got any questions about the story? No, I was wondering, have you listened to any of Taylor's music by any chance? I haven't. I was going to listen to it. I'll be honest, like sometimes when I do the research for these stories, I get a little wrapped up in in those people and it gets really sad when they die. And I don't necessarily, like, I think it would have really bummed me out to listen to her music. And I know that's like kind of stupid, but. No, I get that. Uh, it just kind of, yeah, sometimes after like hours of trying to learn as much about these people as I can, I don't necessarily like want to hear like what their life could have been, you mm, know? Yeah. If that makes sense. I have like a little mini story I wanted to share. Okay. I looked on Wikipedia coyote attacks and uh-huh. there's just like a hundred of them. Yeah. And that's not exaggerating. Um, yeah, there's so I just chose... A random one here that I was going to read. Okay. (laughs) So, in November 2013, a 15-year-old girl in Johns Creek, Georgia, was jogging in her neighborhood with her black Labrador mix when a coyote chased her. She hit the coyote with her cellular phone, but fled while the the dogs fought against each other. The teenage girl knocked on her neighbor's door and called her father when she got inside the neighbor's home. I just thought it was funny she threw her cell phone at it. <laughs> but there's just like hundreds of like little stories yeah. of people. They're all just attacked. like little one or two sentence stories. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are just that. It's like a coyote approaches someone, they maybe get bit or their dog gets bit or something, and that's it. Like that's generally what a coyote attack looks like. This one on Taylor Mitchell was a big aberration. It's not typically what you see. Uh, in a coyote attack. Right. Mike. Okay. Mike, try not to laugh at this one. You can't set. Okay. (laughs) On April 15th, 2011, a coyote bit a two-year-old girl on the neck at a regional playground in Cave Creek, Arizona. I'm not. Her parents took her to the hospital for rabies treatment afterwards. (laughs) That's not what's funny about that. It's not funny. You can't set me up. Oh. Literally, no part of I that told story you not was to funny. Laugh. It's yeah. not funny. That was my fault. Okay, that's well, why I unless said, Don't we laugh. just want to listen to okay, an hour of Jeff reading these one-line <laughs> coyote attacks. Okay, uh, let's go into our categories. Favorite coyote in pop culture of all time. I was thinking about this a bit. If any of us say it's not Wiley Coyote, I think we're all lying. 
as our number one. Yeah. So for I'm just gonna say like Wiley Coyote is my favorite. So I knew you would choose that, so I came up with a backup. Okay. Um. So mine's Homer's Spirit Guide when oh, he that's eats a good the one. hot chili. The hot yeah. It's a space coyote, and it's voiced by Johnny Cash. Yeah. I didn't know that was Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah, That's sweet. It was a good episode. What's the pepper called? And Uh, then um... my backups were the Spurs mascot, and then there's like a coyote that crosses the street in the movie Collateral, and I think that's like a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was four good coyotes you talked about right there, Jeff. Oh, they're Guatemalan insanity peppers. That's what they're called that he eats. Okay. Mike, what, what's your favorite coyote? So I was like 10 or so when the movie Coyote Ugly came out. You ever see that movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. Movie. I never saw it. But if you go go look at the cover of that movie, you could probably tell why a 12-year-old Mikey would be really excited about it. Uh yeah, it's like a bunch of women standing on yeah. the the like. Yeah, the I know. I remember the trailer for it pretty. And they're all sexy yeah. and stuff. I've Tyra seen Banks the bar in Vegas. Oh, I didn't even know I it was really a real place. wanted to go in. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh man, I gotta get in there. <laughs> Did that bar was it created after the movie or before the movie? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone look it up for us out there. <laughs> all right, uh-huh. that's a good answer. Is there was yeah. there one in particular or just all I, of- no, I coyotes here let me look <laughs> we can move on to the next one while i look <laughs> all right so our next question we're gonna do what would mike and jeff do uh if you were attacked by coyotes so let's say let's say a group of at least two coyotes attacks you what are you guys doing uh man i'm just gonna try to stay on my feet and kick at them a bunch okay mike uh so there's one one of the girls looks kind of like tyra banks She's oh, in the top so left poster. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite one. So, okay. Uh, I heard, it is Tyra Banks, by the way. Is that Tyra? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, what I would do, I actually heard tell from a good friend, he was a real ranch hand type, that donkeys are really, really good at preventing coyotes from like coming in and getting at their what, at livestock or whatever they're trying to do. That's true. Um, yeah. So, I guess probably just a donkey kick. I give him a donkey <laughs> kick. Yeah. Or have a donkey. That's a good idea. I don't know. One of those two. Yeah. Yeah. Surround yourself donkey with donkeys. With you. Yeah. That's where I thought you donkeys were Donkeys are cool. They are. They're loud, but I do. Jesse loves a donkey. It's like her <laughs> favorite animal. Uh huh. I just think about that one we, the wild one we saw in Mexico. Yeah. Right? It was beautiful. Um, the, the burro. Burro. How do you say that? Burro? Burro. Burro. Uh, okay. I've never heard yeah. a donkey be described as beautiful. It, it was. Really it was, was beautiful. I'd like to see it. Yeah, um, I don't doubt it. All right. So a little bit about what you're actually supposed to do if you're confronted by a coyote. So uh, it's very similar to like what you would do with a wolf or a mountain lion or a lot of these other animals that aren't bears. Um, or may- actually somewhat similar to what you do with a black bear too. The number one thing is don't run. If you do run from a coyote... Again, you might trigger that predatory response in it. It's the same thing that can happen with like a mountain lion, a wolf, any of those animals. With the second you run, it's like, okay, it's deciding. It's doing kind of this mental calculus of like, if you're big enough to eat, if you're prey, whatever. The second you run, it's like, okay, that was prey. So I'm going to chase it. When I was so reading, don't run. When I was reading through the Wikipedia stories, there's a coyote that attacked two five-year-olds. Uh-huh. And when it came up to him, one of them ran, and that's the only kid that got bit. 
Totally. So you don't want to run. What you want to do is make yourself look really big. You want to throw stuff at it. Pretty much what Jeff said. Stay tall. Throw stuff at it. Kick rocks at it. Yell at it. Do whatever you can to convince it that you're not prey and that you're not afraid of it. That's how you stop them from coming in and, and biting you or whatever. If the coyote does still decide to to attack, to bite, or to do something like that, then you just really have to fight it off as hard as you can. There's stories out there of people like they they're literally like holding the coyote down until someone comes to help them. So you just need to do whatever you can. It's not that big of an animal. You could overpower that animal if you're an adult human being. The only thing they can like really do damage with is their teeth, right? Yeah, it's just their teeth. I mean, they and might scratch tail? at you and stuff. No, their tail's not going to hurt you. Mm. Um, you'll probably get bit up and stuff, but you need to do whatever you can to stop it from I don't know. attacking you. You ever gotten whipped in the eyeball by a cat tail or something like that? I Maybe, I guess. Yeah. That's what uh, I was that's thinking. Not, that's not what they're trying to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, so really, it's just being dominant, overpowering the animal if it does attack you, kicking it. Just convincing it that you're not prey. Um, okay, Mike, we've lost Mike. <laughs> I, I'm All sorry, right. it's just not even that funny. <laughs> it's really not, but uh, I do love when when you uh, think that stuff is that funny. <laughs> okay. Possibly right. the dumbest joke we've ever told on our podcast, and Mike like can hardly breathe. He's laughing so hard. Okay, <sighs> let's get into our Animal Olympics, which we haven't done for a minute, and I thought oh, yeah. would be an interesting one for this. Um, so what do you guys think? What event would coyotes be best at in an Animal Olympics? Is there like something with their voices you could come up with? Some event just making like noises? Y- like yodeling Yeah, or the something? vocal range, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd be good at the yodeling event. Oh, the equestrian with the horses where they dance. Uh-huh. Because they're always prancing around on their toes. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. one. Uh, I thought of, like, of hurdles because they're so bouncy. And, like, when you see them, like, hunt mice and stuff under the snow and they do mm. that, like, leap, I thought they'd be good. Because they're a fast animal. They can run up to 40 miles per hour. And then they're also super bouncy. So my my answer was hurdles, but I don't have a great answer, to be honest. Mike, you got anything? No, I just want to see a coyote put on a show now. Like, what's the alien's name in Fifth Element? I bet coyotes could do that scene really well. Wait, what's he? When the alien's doing the opera and she goes from like super high to oh, low. I get, I, that's such a weird train of thought, but <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so yodeling. We'll say yodeling. We're giving them yodeling and opera. Okay. All right, so... Should we do our cage match? Let's do cage match. What the hell? Yeah. Cage match. Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about what the cage match is? Yeah, sure. So basically what we're going to do here is we're going to pair off the coyote in hypothetical cage match fighting situations with every other animal that we've talked about so far on the podcast. A year's worth of animals at this point. So I guess if we want to pair it down into weight class, it's basically anything... 40 pounds and below 50 pounds we, or maybe 100 pounds a lot of animals. i don't know the dragon yeah, let's say let's let's say 50 and below okay let's what two animals like, are you gonna put it between so i'm putting it in between our nile monitor and our mountain lion do you think a beaver because i did beaver on the patron i think coyotes would kill beavers 
You think so? Beavers get yeah. bigger. Uh, not bigger than coyotes, though. I don't. They think got either. to like seventy pounds. It's like yeah, the biggest beavers. I guess coyotes yeah. get to seventy too. And coyotes are a bit like they're like higher up. They have a higher center of gravity. But I just feel like going back to like the tail and the eye, the beaver would hurt way worse. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about tails and eyes, I think you're right. That's not a thing though. So that's okay, not so you're saying part, coyote gets the beaver? I think the coyote kills the beaver. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you guys um, start saying coyote. We said coyote. I know. Cheetah. Cheetah kills the coyote. So coyotes okay. are like essentially in North America. They're essentially the equivalent of like a jackal in Africa. They op- they occupy the same niche. They're about the same size. They eat kind of the same things. Cheetahs can definitely kill jackals. Um, mm. So it would definitely be the cheetah. I would really I would put it between the Nile monitor and the mountain lion. Uh, mountain lion beats it almost every single time. It probably would kill the Nile monitor, but not for sure. I think that's a good fight. Coyotes and Nile monitors. Mm. Spider. Uh, coyote kills the spider. <laughs> you always ask about the spider. The coyote kills. One the of spider. these days, the spider will take. It'll take someone out. Pretty sure the chimpanzee kills the coyote too. Oh, so yeah. we're pretty low. Uh, coyote is pretty low. But I'm glad we've got it in the mix now because it'll be an interesting one for some of our other animals. Okay, listener questions. We, yeah, let's do some listener questions. All right, I'm just gonna get the ball rolling here. Get it uh, rolling. This is from Elaine. So I realized, like, you know that Key and Peele sketch where he's, like, reading the names as the substitute teacher and he's like, A.A. Ron? Yeah. That's, like, me trying to read the, like, people's (laughs) names. Yeah, we know. Okay. Yeah. Elaine Kennedy. So she is asking, do bears eat all the spiky bits and leaves when they eat berries off of bushes? Yeah, it's a great question. They are they have surprisingly dexterous lips and tongues. So they're really good at just stripping the berries off of those those branches and plants. Um so typically they're not eating a lot of like the sticks and spiky stuff, but like the little tiny sticks that connect berries to like a bigger branch and stick, a lot of times they are going to be eating those. It's not like they're perfectly pulling the berries off. They're eating those little tiny sticks and sometimes they're going to eat some leaves and sticks and branches stuff and stuff too. But mostly they're just getting berries and the little sticks. It does really depend on like what kind of berries we're talking about too. Mm. So it's kind of a hard question to answer, but they are surprisingly good at separating berries from plants. They could tie a knot with the cherry stem with their tongue. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Mike, you can do that. Yeah. Right? They sound like great kissers. Yeah. They'd probably win that I, Olympic event. Yeah. I think bears maybe could win that event. Okay. But you know, right. so confident. This listener wants to remain nameless. Okay. She embarrassingly bear sprayed a mouse and subsequently <laughs> myself and a few other people in the process. Um, although they were sleeping and did not wake up, just coughed uncontrollably in their sleep, which is what? incredible. My question is, do you think the mouse died? It's been over a year since this happened, but I feel pretty guilty about it. Uh, I I'm wondering it. if it's bear spray and not like pepper spray, because bear spray, yeah. they would all wake up in the tent. It was in a tent? Yeah. 
So it has I mean, to be she, like mace, right? If she just did the smallest little squirt of bear spray, then maybe they could still sleep. I don't know. I like I, the one time that I've discharged my bear spray, I walked through the cloud, like where the cloud was, maybe 10 minutes later, and I was coughing uncontrollably. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. And that was 10 minutes after it had like dissipated. It's nasty, nasty stuff. Would a mouse I die want, if you sprayed I it? I want to know so much more about this story. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is she spraying a mouse? We need a part two. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I doubt the mouse died. There's nothing in there that, like, kills animals necessarily. I bet the mouse was fine. M- mice are, like, surprisingly resilient little animals. So I'm probably, I bet the mouse was fine. It probably had a really uncomfortable few hours. Uh Hey, don't spray mice with bear spray, anyone. It's a bad idea. Don't spray. You don't need to spray them with bear spray. And then another another bear spray question from LarzyPan22. So she wants to know if there's any cases of a bear continuing to attack after being sprayed with bear spray. Yeah, for sure there are. Um Usually it's like the there's enough momentum to the attack that when the person sprays, like maybe they're a little late in spraying the bear. And so it still makes contact with them. And then once it's in contact with them, it might just continue that attack. Mm. Um, there's a couple times where it just simply the, the bears, like whatever triggered the attack, whether, you know, it was defending a carcass or cubs or whatever. It's so angry that it just kind of pushes through the pain of the bear spray. That has happened. It's very rare, though. Usually, if you get a good spray on the bear and like it goes through that cloud of bear spray, usually it's going to stop it. But there definitely are examples where it has continued, even though they sprayed it. Okay, from Tyson Fisher, if you buy a bigger mattress, do you have more bedroom or less bedroom? Do one of you guys want to answer that one? <laughs> Mike? Uh, Tyson, I'd say more. Tech, on a technicality, you would have more, more bed. I'd say you room. have less bedroom. Less bedroom. But if you're talking like the semantics of the English language, you got more room on your bed. Okay. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's like what bedroom means, but sure. Well, it means more two bedroom. different things. Well, did he separate the, the words bed no, room? Okay, like then less room. bedroom. You have less bedroom. I think you have the same amount of bedroom. Regardless of what bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that's the answer. That's why you're the lead of the podcast, Wes. Hey, just trying to think this stuff through. From Catherine Quinn 18, favorite stage of a frog? I like when they're frogs, full on frogs. Me too. I kind of always got a little creeped out by like when they have legs and a tail and like a tadpole head. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. They look kind of weird. It looks, yeah. And tadpoles are just that. too much like fish to me. Yeah, tadpoles are just kind of. But it's they're really neat. cool. I like tadpoles. That they like turn into frogs. Oh, yeah. That whole that whole metamorphosis is neat. But I like just, I just really like frogs. Okay. And then we also have three Patreon questions. Okay. Oh, Patreon. We love From our patrons. Anne Marie. Yeah. Hi, friends. I have a question for each of you. Jeff, what steps did you take to become a field tech? Wes, do you have any recommendations for beginning a career in wildlife? And then 
Mike, have you seen the anime Hunter x Hunter? I just finished the series and my life feels like a puddle now. So I'll I'll start. So basically to become a field tech, Wes Wes offered me the position and I was really excited and there was nowhere else I wanted to be than working with Bears and Bryce, so I just had to be a student at the same school as Wes. Uh as far as my question, like what you should do to prepare for a career in wildlife, there's a lot. My best advice would be get started as early as possible. So if you're like an undergrad and you know you want to work in wildlife biology, try and get a degree in wildlife biology. Uh, Go out and volunteer as much as possible. And then if like it really does help to have a graduate degree. So try and find a professor that's doing the kind of work you'd like to do. And then just be really persistent with them and and do your best to get into their program. I Like there isn't really like a silver bullet for it but really just like it's like anything else the more experience you can get uh, as early as possible even if it's not like with the animal you necessarily want to be working with that doesn't really matter like just go out and get experience in wildlife and um, that's like really the best advice that I can give you I guess I'll address my part of the question now so I have seen hunter hunter it's amazing and I love it Killua is the greatest I guess what I would suggest for as like a coping mechanism is maybe just move on to Tagashi's other series, Yu Yu Hakusho, which some people like even more than Hunter Hunter. I am not one of those people, but I still think it's awesome. Or, you know, you could just join me and Jeff on the One Piece crew and uh, that'll take up a, that, a good chunk of end. your time. Yeah. yeah, just go ahead and set aside two years to catch up with them because I tried and I couldn't do it. You watched the Netflix ones, right? I watched like a hundred something episodes and then I I just, that was enough for me. Maybe someday I'll watch more. From Isabel, what is everyone's favorite Meryl Streep movie? Oh, mine's The River Wild. (laughs) That's mine too. (laughs) Wait, is this like any movie she's in or that she is like a major character? Okay, well then Deer Hunter. Okay, Mm. that's Uh, a great answer. But I think... My favorite of her roles is probably, I don't know, favorite. It's hard to say, but I really like her in The Devil Wears Prada. She's really, really good in it. it. All right. And then from Jack Donahue, what are each of your favorite reptile species? Love the podcast. Oh, thanks, Jack. We appreciate it. I'm going to have to think about this a second. Do you guys have something off the top of your head? I'll probably just say chameleon right now, like a veiled chameleon. Mike, this this is really like a fourth grade answer, but Komodo dragon probably. I I love Komodo dragons. It's a good answer. I honestly, there's so I love reptiles so much. <laughs> this is a really hard one. I think recently I've been really into cobras, so I'm just gonna say a spectacled cobra from India. But like, I can't. I don't. I can't answer that. I love too many. There's. I love reptiles. Mike, I thought you would have said crocodile or alligator. Alligator, yeah. All right. It's close. All right. Sorry, I I don't know. That's a hard one. Questions. No, you did fine. Thanks for the questions, everyone. We love you. Yeah, thanks, guys. We sure do. All right. So um, wrapping up a little bit, let's go into how are we messing things up for them. So we mentioned that we're we're not really messing things up for coyotes. We've actually like created a lot of habitat for them. We've eliminated a lot of their competition. 
So on the grand scale, we've actually given coyotes a lot of room to grow and to expand. They're considered a species of least concern. There are millions of coyotes. But there is a really big sentiment of like hate. People don't like coyotes. Um, wolves have kind of recently been re, kind of revitalized and rebranded and people see wolves as this like really iconic, beautiful animal. And that kind of re, uh, that like, what's the word I'm looking for here, Mike? Um, them kind of rebranding. It's not what's, what am I trying to say? Anyway, they haven't been revitalized the same way that wolves have been. They haven't been like shown to be this wonderful, beautiful animal. And so people do tend to kind of feel like coyotes are trash animals. Like they think that they're just uh, sneaky and mean and like an animal that you should avoid and that they're not that beautiful. And like I, our mom's this way because she grew up in Southern California. Yeah, she doesn't really like them. She hates coyotes. A lot of people really don't like them and they're such a cool animal and they have such a cool history and they're so adaptable and we have tried to wipe them out with predator control programs. Uh, in Utah, they had like a bounty on coyotes up until like a couple years ago where if you shot a coyote, you'd get $50 for killing it. And so like hundreds of thousands of coyotes were probably killed in that bounty and they still thrived like it did nothing to stop them coyotes are like incredibly adaptable so really like when it comes down to how are we messing things up for them we're not but i do really wish that people had a better opinion of coyotes they're a cool animal read the book coyote america they're like the first predator i had like a interaction with i was only like i remember seven and i was at yellowstone yeah i I saw one like 20 feet away from me and it was really cool we like shared a little moment now that you tell me that they'll like eat or like bite little kids though it's probably just sizing me up yeah it could have been for sure um lots of people have stories like that though coyotes are cool and when you see one you get excited and sometimes they look a little scraggly like when they don't have full winter coats and sometimes they can look a little you know like they're this like throwaway animal but they're not they're really cool and we should have a better perception of them so really um that's my pitch for coyotes i don't know why i'm trying so hard (laughs) it's not like we're talking to the anti-coyote yeah yeah they do get hit by cars a lot they are hunted those are really their main threats after that pitch you guys probably don't have to guess whether or not i like this animal so really quick let's give it our animal rankings on a scale of one to ten claws, and Jeff, of course, will also give it a a random Overall. number. <laughs> I'm giving it's not them random. <laughs> I'm giving them seven claws. I think of like the canid species; they're definitely not my favorites. I like wolves more, probably, but they're up there. I like them a lot more than a lot of animals. They are a predator. I love my predators, so I'm gonna give them seven and a half claws. I'm gonna give them seven. And I'm going to rate them 97th overall. Wow. Top 100. It seems like that should be higher than a 7 then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now he's, there's a method to the madness. I'm giving him a 7 too. I, I think, yeah, coyotes are cool. They're like, you know how there's, uh, uh, there's regular M&Ms? You guys know it. M&Ms, right? Yeah. So there's regular M&Ms, yeah. which I would say is like a wolf. <laughs> and then M&Ms minis. 
which are like just as good. I actually think I like minis more than regular M&Ms. So you like coyotes more than wolves? I think I might. I don't really get the M&M's thing. I get why you might like coyotes. Well, it's just like a mini wolf, you know? Yeah. They probably taste better. They called them like prairie wolves when when Western like settlers first showed up. They thought they were just like smaller wolves. Anyway, I do really like coyotes. I think they're a really cool animal. I'm glad we all like them. Yeah, me too. They're Brent's favorite animal. I recently I saw one last week in the park and it was really cool and it let me take a few photos of it. <laughs> that's nice of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Welcome. It's a late we're recording on a late night yeah. tonight. Oh, Tooth yeah. and claw after dark. I think we're all ready for some sleep. No way, dude. Night is and young. Jeff's gonna stay up and watch let's stay up and watch a horror movie. You guys wanna watch a horror movie? Uh sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, not paranormal activity oh man kill me now that movie actually really scared me (laughs) oh man it scares me thinking about it just because i don't know (laughs) if i could make it through it again well we don't need to go down this hole but all right uh, thanks for listening everyone we'll see you soon thanks bye bye good job wes thanks dude All right, it's that time. We've got a bunch of new Patreon subscribers to shout out. Congratulations on making it this far. We uh, really, really stumbled across the finish line there. And um, for, I don't know, maybe the five of you who made it through that, here's just a little bit of an outro for you all. Thanks again for listening. And a big thank you, a super special, huge shout out thank you is going out to the following new patrons. First, we want to say thank you to Hallie. And we also want to say thank you to Katharina, as well as Hot Wheels 97, Andy, Rona, Caleb, Kathleen, EJ, Jason, Lindsay, Allison, Lee, Rachel, Beth, Laura, Lauren, Claire, Catherine, Elise, Nancy, Steel Shot Outdoor Photos. Go check them out. They've got a pretty cool portfolio of prints and I think I'm going to snag one of those for myself. Continuing on, thank you again. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. How many how many thank yous is too many? I, it's probably annoying at this point. Uh, yeah, next we have Jace, Jessica, Carly, Amy, Cassie, Jacqueline, Cassie again. It's probably a different, it is a different Cassie. So Cassie, I don't know, Cassie 2, I guess we'll call you. Uh, unless one of you wants to be one uh, or the other. Cassie 1 and 2 both subscribe now thank you we've got nick tanner jessica beth lauren dylan dakota and emily great one to close out on emily you're great you're all great thank you so much we appreciate all that you do for us and i hope that you're enjoying the benefits of being subscribed to us on patreon we love talking to all of you there and we look forward to many more funny and interesting and smart comments and dms that you all send our way And we look forward to catching you in the next one. See you guys. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically. 
our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.